I just returned from a trip to Kansas. In Kansas, I went to a haunted location with a couple of the SAGE certified practitioners. We went to this haunted location with the idea of checking it out, seeing if we could help spirits. It unfolded in a way that we didn't expect, and I'd like to share that with you today. This is your moment. So here I am back from Kansas. We went to the Sally house. Now, if you're not familiar with the Sally house, it's located in Atchison, Kansas. And it is one of those haunted locations where they sell tickets to go in and experience the haunting. So first I want to review the concept of human zoo, because this is what got me on board to go to this particular location. There are a couple of SAGE certified practitioners that we talk all the time. It's, you know, part of the practitioner group is that we're all in communication and supporting each other. It's a wonderful thing. And one of the practitioners said, I'm pulled to this location and I'm not sure why. And another one of the practitioners was like, I'll go with you. And then when they invited me, I'm like, are you kidding? Haunted location? Let's go. So <laughs> I packed my car drove out there to meet them. A lot of them had to fly in, but we all landed. We went to Atchison, found a, a really nice hotel, just stayed at it, you know, nothing fancy, just here we are. And we started our journey. Now, when I go to locations like this, like I said, I want to review the concept of human zoo. When I go to locations like this, I tend to go with this really driven mentality of I'm going to take care of this. I really want to clear this because there are um, there are places <laughs> where, and I'm pausing for a minute. And I'm not going to pause. I'm just going to say it the way it is and how I feel because I feel very intensely about this. There are locations where owners, living people who own a location, sell tickets for people to come and experience what it's like to experience a haunting. Now on the surface, this is very interesting. And most of the owners that do this of locations, buildings, there's asylums, houses, all of that. Most of the owners don't put two and two together that the spirits might want to go home. <laughs> they, they might not want to be kept there. And there are even locations that I've found where the living owners of the location have purposely worked to keep the spirits in the property for the sake of selling tickets, for the sake of people being able to go in there and experience haunting experiences. When I talked to some of these owners in the past, I didn't talk to the Sally owner at all, but when I talked to some of these owners in the past, they they stop and they think and they they tend to go, you know what? I didn't I didn't really consider that. That goes for people too. <laughs> these spirits that you're containing with your intent to hold them there, while it won't work for every spirit, it will work for some. If a living person sets the intent strong enough to hold a spirit here on this earthly plane, it can work. And that's where the term that I lovingly <laughs> have coined human zoo comes from, because that's in essence what it is. You'll see these places, they will decorate uh, a kid's room with kid's toys and they'll decorate, you know, somebody else's room with something else. Maybe sometimes it matches the house's history. There was uh, the asylum and one of the very early episodes on the other side chats, I talked about, you know, an asylum in New York and they were specific. They had one room built for 
you know, elderly people to feel like they were at home in their 1950s grandma living room is what they called it or something. And then there was a a chapel that they set up. So people that, you know, could feel comfortable there. There was a kid's room, there was a Christmas room. And the owner gave us a tour in that location, specifically saying that there was a medium on staff whose job it was to keep the spirits contained here, but that they've kindly decorated the rooms to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> so th there's a really good outcome on this Sally house. There's a really good outcome and there's a really good lesson in here for owners of what I would call a human zoo. And, and so stick with me on this because this unfolded in such a beautiful way. When we got there, it was like four in the afternoon. We had a bunch of situations happening throughout the day. If you're doing crossing over work, and especially if you're going to a location that is publicly known to be haunted, people are going into that location purposely to experience the haunting. You are not only going to have a home that has spirits that aren't allowed to cross that are being held most of the time. You're going to hear how that's different at the end of this. But you're also going to be stepping into a home with massive amounts of remnants of fear-based energies and emotions from living people who have purposely gone in there, some of which have gone in there to get scared. And they they leave it that way. So the day of, we were running errands, and I got to tell you, everything went, everything went haywire here and there and everywhere else. We were trying to buy stuff at the store. The registers quit working. We went to a different store. Those registers weren't working. We were running into a lot of bumps along the way. We hadn't even gotten to the house yet. We were supposed to get to the house at, I think it was like four o'clock. And we were out and about running errands. We left the last store with the intent on heading to the house. And I remember saying to the three practitioners, so it was four of us, I remember saying, because I drove, it was my personal car that we were driving around because I was, I lived near, near enough that I could have um, driven, which was lovely. And I did. So we we're walking out to this car and I'm like, all right, ladies, I need this car to get me home. So energetically, we were, it was kind of a light joke, you know, like energetically ground yourself, right? Before we all get into the car. We're heading to this house that might not want to be cleared, might be resistant to being cleared. So let's all GCP before we get into the car. Let's ground clear, protect ourselves before we get into my car. And we did, and we got in, and we we're all laughing, having a good time. Now it seats five. There's, you know, the two front seats, and three people can sit in the back. Two of the practitioners were in the back on either side, and there was the empty space in the middle. A couple minutes after we took off, the seatbelt alarm in the car went off saying the passenger in the middle seat isn't wearing their seatbelt. And there was nothing heavy on the seat or anything like this. We're all looking around like, okay, we have a passenger. So electronics are starting to go off. This store doesn't work. That store doesn't work. Now we've got the center seat that's empty, you know, yelling at us through an alarm to say, hey, their seatbelt's not on. There's a, the car is registering that there's a person sitting there, but that they're not wearing the seatbelt. There was no person sitting there. So we're, we're like, all right, things are getting heightened. We get to the house shortly after we were supposed to arrive. I don't remember um, exactly what time. It was the middle of the day that we're, we could arrive and we could stay throughout the night until like nine in the morning, the next morning. And daylight, beautiful neighborhood, super easy going, just picture a butterfly flying by. Everything was great. We walk into the house. 
that was some of the heaviest energy spiritually. It was like soup. It was like walking into doom, fear, heavy, 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 heavy. And it was the middle of the day. So we all made note of that. Everyone felt it. Uh, we started walking around, just sort of exploring everything. I I was like, I can't wait to go upstairs. I want to go upstairs and see what's up there. So I bolted up the stairs. I got to like the second to the top stair and my legs just gave out, gave out. It felt like, and there was nobody touching me, but it felt like energetically something pushed behind my knees. And I just gave out and kind of awkwardly, fabulously tumbled to the floor, um, kind of sat over to the side for a minute and said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to GCP again. I'm going to, you know, recollect here. There were toys that were going off. There were noises happening. There was one point where, um, one of the practitioners, she was standing there and a kid's ball, like rolled across the floor and hit her foot. So the activity was, uh, it was really high. It was really, really high. We also went, you know, down into a lower area of the house and there was a chalkboard and there was a bunch of names on the chalkboard and the top name on the chalkboard was Bo. And it was a little bit of, a little bit of a moment. And I asked, you know, the practitioner that booked this, I said, when you booked, did you give her all the names? And she's like, I'm not sure. I don't think so, but I'm not sure. I thought, well, uh, my name's written on here. That's interesting. So clearly I'm supposed to be here. And there were, there were some sounds, some creaks. Um, you know, we're still collecting information on EVPs, listening for any audios that we can collect. We had two EVPs going on. Our intent wasn't necessarily to categorize or catalog a lot of evidence. Our intent was to go there to figure out what we could do to help the spirits that were there. Now. With that said, a lot of the time we spent in the kitchen area, sitting around the dining room table, talking, we pulled a few cards, we asked questions, uh, we used a voice box and we were, you know, used recordings and whatnot. And then it became clear that we weren't going to clear the location. And I found that to be really, really interesting. We weren't supposed to clear it. Now, we all had that moment where one of the practitioners like a week before we even went, had shared with us that her guides came through and said, hey, on your upcoming trip to Kansas, to the Sally house, you're not going to clear the spirits. They're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to shift on their own. And so all of a sudden we all <laughs> looked at her and went, yeah, remember when they came through last week? And she was like, yeah, they did. So the discussion that she had a week before about not clearing these spirits, which I personally, if you follow me at all, you know, if a spirit's stuck and I can cross it, I will. So you're not going to stop me there. If there's a living kid on a corner that's lost, I'm going to find that, help that kid find their way home. That's just my personality. And so it was really interesting because I thought a week before, how are we going to go here? and not clear. Like, I'm open to that. Absolutely. And when the practitioner told me that her intuition is really spot on. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to stay open, stay open to the possibilities. I love that. I had to say that to myself, <laughs> but stay open to the possibilities. So here we are. It's like midnight. We're sitting around the kitchen table. 
And all of a sudden, uh, the the main practitioner that was originally pulled to come to this location, I could see a very, very intense guide standing behind them. And that's when I realized this is an earth keeper. So she had connected with an earth keeper. Now, side note, an earth keeper is someone who, when they were here in life, you know, in, in living form, they committed to watching over an area of land. They committed to staying in that in-between space to watch over and protect and take care of an area of land and all the people involved as well. And then at one point they will move on. So an earth keeper is somebody that is committed in their death transition process to stay for a period of time to watch over a specific area of land. So this earth keeper comes through and I've worked with earth keepers before. Uh, it's typically a great resource when you go somewhere and you, and you run into one and they're like, you, you kind of know, you say, okay, you're here on purpose and you've got knowledge about this property. So when this earth keeper came through, I kind of felt that vibe, checked in, are you an earth keeper? Yes. And the earth keeper worked with the practitioner to, to just balance, not to clear the spirits, but just to balance. And then it was, if I recall, because it was late and there was so much energy, but if I recall the earth keeper saying, you know, the spirits um, are balanced now, they're balanced and we didn't need to clear. What was really cool was that about 10 minutes after this, I remember feeling like I went from being dramatically in a heavy soup-like haunted house to all of a sudden it's the middle of the night it's still dark out there's no lights on this is a neighborhood it's not a you know busy road so it's very it's it's very dark out. all of a sudden it felt light all of a sudden I felt like I was sitting at a table hanging out at my friend's house it felt light it felt airy the soup was completely gone and it absolutely felt like a switch had flipped this was stunning. And uh, to the same practitioner who had communicated with her guide a week earlier about the fact that we weren't going to actively clear the spirits, that the spirits would be balanced in their own way. I even said to her, I'm like, I feel like all of a sudden I feel really good. She's like, yeah, the house feels real weird. Like it just shifted on its own. And that's when I saw the earth keeper, for me, I saw the earth keeper kind of fade into the background, balance the land around and I can't speak for the practitioner that was working with the earth keeper. I only saw the earth keeper, but the earth keeper was working with her. And I just got to witness that. It was very beautiful, very moving. And yet here we are now sitting at this table. It was like almost, it was like 1240 or something like this at night. And I was sure we were going to be there typically until three in the morning, because usually one, two in the morning is when things get very active. Again, these are assumptions. I assumed we were going there to clean, I or to clear the spirits. I assumed to not clean. We're not cleaning anyone's house, but to clear the spirits and help cross them over. I was assuming that we'd be there until three in the morning. And here we are. It was like 1230, 1240, middle of the night. And the house felt fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So the earth keeper took care of it. Uh, it was balanced the way it needed to be balanced. And we asked specifically, what happens now? And this is where I kind of already knew the answer because I've been in properties like this. And this is what I wanted to really clarify what I mentioned at the beginning of this session. 
the clarification here is that popular question, is the house now no longer going to be haunted? The answer is no. The house will continue to be haunted. The difference is instead of a living person purchasing the property, deciding to make money off of the property, and thus deciding to hold spirits uh, trapped, in essence, in that location for the benefit of sightseers, ghost hunters, I get it, same thing. You know, love. I love me some ghost hunting, so no judgment there. The difference is instead of that living person containing and trapping the spirits, spirits now can come and go. And let me guarantee this, absolutely. There is always a spirit out there that wants to, well, pop culture word would be haunt. There is always going to be a spirit out there that is going to magnetically be attracted to a location where living people are looking to be frightened. It's always going to happen. In the in-between, you are very much the exact same person you were here on earth. And I, I know for a fact that you're listening to this right now going, well, yeah, I knew some, some jerks in life. Well, jerks in life die. And in the crossing over process, sometimes they stay back in the in-between to mess with people. And if there's a house specifically on the market selling tickets saying, hey, living people, come on in here, you will be messed with, I guarantee you, you're going to have a spirit that shows up to that property willingly to mess with them. And when it's the time for that spirit to cross over, that'll happen in whatever format it's supposed to happen. So people say, well, are you ruining businesses? You know, the person that's having the business of selling tickets and, you know, containing these spirits and not letting them go home to the other side. Are you ruining businesses? No. First off, stop it. <laughs> stop containing spirits purposely to hold them there. Everyone should be able to go home when they want to go home. And in their natural transition state, we shouldn't be interfering with that. But it's not because if you set the intent of a home having heightened activity and people, living people are coming to experience that, you will always have spirits that are magnetically attracted to that location in order to provide that experience for the ghost hunters or for the spectators that are looking for it. And that's exactly what happened here. So did we cross spirits? No, but maybe an earth keeper might've lifted the walls and shifted it from contained to a choice. The spirits that are there are now going to be there by choice. And they'll cross when it is their time to cross. And that's really how we ended it. So a little bit different, but I wanted to share this one with you because I love sharing the differences in these different crossings, these different experiences. And yes, there's locations. And just because you clear them, even if you did clear, we didn't clear this one. I've cleared other ones. Even if you do go in there and cross the spirits over who desperately would like to go home, there's still going to be an open door for more spirits to come in there. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. You can clear a spot, but if it's a hot spot, if it's marketed, if somebody's selling tickets off of it and they got strong enough intent, it's going to keep selling tickets. So it's good stuff. In the end, a couple things to remember. Go in with an open mind. All possibilities are there. Uh, I'm absolutely against human zoos, but if you want a spirit train station where you're bringing in, you know, spirits that want to mess with people or want to, you know, connect with people through evidence, absolutely 
100% as long as they can go home when they're supposed to go home. That's pretty much it. I do have another piece to talk about in connection to this when it comes to what can happen to your emotions, no matter how strong you are when you step into a soup like this. But I'm going to save that for the next session. And I'll talk more about the emotions of going into such a highly intense location. With all that said, it's always good work to release a human zoo. Why? Because ghosts are people too. This podcast is brought to you by The Sage Method, the most comprehensive and down-to-earth intuitive development training available. Is this your year? Is it finally your time to increase your intuition, bring in more abundance, and experience the bliss you deserve? If yes, then join thousands of students across the world for a seven-week journey to uncover your natural, beautiful, and strong intuition. Visit us at thesagemethod.com for more information.